Hello, Hooray for Monday listeners, and welcome to another week in May, our month of teacher appreciation. Today, our appreciation shines a light on a vital but often overlooked role within schools. Aletta, start us off by painting a picture. It's Sunday morning. You wake up with a sore throat and tell yourself that all you need is some tea and it will go away. But then as the morning progresses, you get a fever. By noon, there's no doubt you're sick. And by 1 p.m., you're going to have to call in for a substitute. Tomorrow morning, someone you don't know is going to be teaching your class. How will you prepare them? What will your students experience? What will it be like to come back into your classroom after the sub is gone? That's a pretty universal experience for teachers. And today you're talking with two people who are working hard to make sure that substitute experience isn't the nightmare scenario some of us imagine. Yes, I'm talking with Jill Violet and Aaron Rueg from Substantial Classrooms, an organization dedicated to unlocking the potential of substitute teaching. What does that mean? It means a lot of things, as you'll hear in the interview, but some of the key takeaways for me were how we tend to brush off substitute teaching as a necessary but insignificant part of the overall school experience, when in fact, up to a full year of a child's K-12 experience is taught by subs. That's a big chunk of time. And the people who are substitute teachers are so often joked about and frankly treated poorly in a lot of cases, when in reality, substitute teaching is a really important pipeline to full-time teaching, and it's a really complicated and interesting and important job. So this issue is not just about the impact on children, but the impact on the adults in the role of substitute teacher and the school overall. Exactly. This conversation really opened my eyes to the systemic importance of rethinking how we support, nurture, and frankly, welcome substitute teachers into our classrooms. I'm Aletta Margolis, and this is Hooray for Monday, your inspiration and toolkit for the week ahead. Disrupt the egg carton. Hooray for Monday, May 22nd, 2023. And now, here's my conversation with Jill Violet and Aaron Ruig. My name is Erin Ruig, and I'm the Director of Teaching and Learning. Our professional development program is called SubSchool, so I run SubSchool, and I'll let Jill tell you more about the organization of Substantial. So my name's Jill Violet, and I'm one of the co-founders of Substantial, or Substantial Classrooms is our fuller name, and I was inspired to launch Substantial about seven years ago, the 15, 16, 16, 17 school year, I got to spend a year as a fellow at Stanford at the D school. My prior to substantial, I'd launched a national nonprofit called Playworks, which was helping make recess great. And so I was in all these schools and I kept having this recurring experience of principals asking if they might borrow their Playworks coach to fill in as a sub, um, which led me then to spend this year digging into the question How might we improve the substitute teaching experience for everyone, the subs, the students, the the classroom teachers, the school secretary, the administrators. And so we launched Substantial Classrooms to really do that and to bring a a human-centered design approach to thinking through the issue. So why is this work vital right now? You know, before the pandemic, 
the substitute teaching shortage was a significant issue. Uh, we were looking pre-pandemic at numbers, and one of the saddest kind of indicators of, of the state of the field was that the measure we used for subs, and, and continues to this day, is fill rate. So, and, and that fill rate, so how many subs you had to, to meet the need and demand, it was about 80% pre-pandemic. And, and that number really plummeted during the pandemic. It's been inching back up as we've been recovering from the pandemic, but in combination with a, an environment where there's a huge teacher pipeline challenge, where um, the sort of issues that have lingered as a result of the pandemic around just the emotional needs of kids and, and staff and people, the, the inability to really sort of robustly staff our schools and including coverage when someone is sick or if you have in, in, in the terms of a long-term sub-need, our, our inability to provide the sort of adequate staffing ultimately means that we do a huge disservice to our kids first and foremost, but secondly, that we really create a school culture and climate that's not sustainable or viable for anybody involved. So uh, for me, this issue is just so pivotal in this moment because there are a few sort of levers in school buildings that if you can figure out how to tweak them and make things work a little better, you have an outsized impact on all everything that's happening in the classrooms, in the hallways, out at lunch, the whole, the whole building changes. I would just add to that, that you know, a lot of people coming back to school after the pandemic, the big issues coming up are social emotional um, skills of students and, you know, dealing with trauma. And so when you have a breakdown of a school community and, you know, you have that, that gap for students, it's all the more reason why they need consistency. They need capable, competent people in front of them all the time. They need people that to really, that bridge that has to be there because teachers have lives, you know, they have professional development, they get sick, things happen. We have a teacher shortage that we need that bridge to be solid, you know, and not shaky and not wobbly and sometimes not even there. So um, I think that's another reason why it's just become so urgent that we address this and figure out a good way to address not just fill rates, but things that are less measurable, but super important, and their, which is their capacity and their retention. Absolutely. And I know there's a, I don't know if you call it a belief or a myth even out there. Certainly when I was in the classroom, this was something that was circulated that, you know, if the, if the teachers out, to your point, Aaron, teachers have lives and sometimes miss a day of, of school for a variety of reasons there's a sense that, well, that's just a wasted day, right? And, and what, are you, what are you gonna do? Just you bring a sub in to keep things together till the teacher comes back. What are other kinds of myths or beliefs that, that hamper our ability to really support and invest in substitutes in a way that would really strengthen school communities and strengthen learning? When you ask that question, I think, you know, I was a teacher for a really long time and I, you know, always battled with how much do I put effort do I put into my sub plan? Because if I don't know them, how do I know what's going to happen when I'm out? And I think what I've learned by working with subs, you know, very closely for the past two years is that they are artists, they're aspiring teachers, 30% are aspiring teachers, 30% are parents. Like, 
these subs, they come from the community. They generally are choosing this job because they like children and they want to have a good day with these kids and they want it to be productive. They want to, you know, they want the kids to be happy. They want the teacher to be happy. You know, really kind of seeing this more holistic view of the sub, I think would be helpful to kind of break through some of the stereotypes and the myths of, you know, the uncapable, the put on a movie, the you know, maybe just kind of being there, just getting through some of those myths, I think is really, really helpful. Do you have any thoughts about that? The only thing I was going to add, I mean, like the popular culture references have not been helping us along the way. It's really this unfortunate myth about, you know, who these people are. And and I, I do think that failing to acknowledge that here are humans in a moment when we have a teacher pipeline challenge, there are humans who are raising their hands and saying, I want to teach. I'm actually really interested. And then we're really horribly mean to them. Like that, that's one. The, the other myth is that somehow they're not guests in our classrooms, which I just find to be super. I've worked with teachers who care desperately about the social, emotional well-being of their students. And yet somehow they don't see when a uh, sub is coming to the classroom as an opportunity to really work with their students to be empathic about this person who doesn't know anybody else there, who could be someone with a to be curious about, who has a set of life expect, you know, experiences that they are willing to share with the class. It's just for me, it's weird that suddenly the, the myth in some ways is that this isn't another human being who's just as deserving of our care and attention and empathy as any other human who walks through our school. Well, and you touched on something that's central, as you know, to inspired teaching, which is, is curiosity. And we, we look at curiosity not only as the core of, of our instructional approach, but also as, as the core of our work in equity and, and empathy, that, that curiosity is the opposite of assumption. Right. And what you you're both describing is is unfortunately the assumptions many of us make about substitutes that harm everybody. So I, I think that curiosity is such a such an important lens to to look at everything through, including to welcome a new adult into yeah. the classroom. Um, so I want to ask an, another question. Our Hooray for Monday audience is largely made up of teachers. Um, so what are some key things that teachers can do? to help the substitutes who are going to either cover their own classes or to help set them up for success or to help the substitutes who may be covering the class next door. The Center for Collaborative Classrooms has a really interesting curriculum. And one of their units, actually, they reference how um, prepping for a sub with your students is this extraordinary opportunity to, one, introduce empathy to, like, you, like, having the students prepare to like do a set of interview questions with their with the visiting you know guest teacher the sub um that they are asked actually in this unit to consider um what the values are of their classroom what they want this visitor and this guest to their classroom to know about what's important so really creating using this as an opportunity to invite students to be drivers of their own education like this is their classroom and and this is when a when a guest teacher comes in when a sub comes in it is a really significant opportunity for the teacher to to set the 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 students and the sub and and frankly themselves up for success coming back to a classroom where um it hasn't gone well that you end, end up having to backpedal and do a whole lot of work to compensate so the other things i'd throw out too are 
making an effort to build relationships with subs so that you have consistency, like making sure you leave a plan. And I, I say that knowing that like people have had the experience of leaving a lesson plan and then feeling like nobody followed it. What I will tell you from the other side is that what we hear from subs who decide not to continue subbing, that the number one thing you can do to make sure that no one comes back to your classroom ever again is to not leave a plan. That as a sub to show up and there not to be a plan, that's a deal breaker for them. So, you know, you really do um, set people up for success, mm -hmm. you know, and ultimately I, th I think it is leading with curiosity, leading with empathy, asking them if there's anything they'd like to share with the class or creating opportunities for them to bring their full selves to the teaching experience. And then the last thing I'd say too, is to be curious about why they're a sub, like, are they, are they an artist as well? And this makes this possible. Are they interested in becoming a classroom teacher? Is there anything, you know, that you, you can relate to that might be of interest? So I, I'd said that was the last thing. I, one of the things that when we were first getting this going, as we talked a lot about Carl Jung and the Jungian sort of concept that to thrive at work, humans need meaning, mastery, and community. And being a sub has the potential to offer all three of those experiences, but we have in some weird twisted way managed to forcibly extricate those three things from the experience. And so I was going to say, if you could do nothing else, try and think about how you as a teacher might create an environment where the person coming to your classroom had a chance to experience meaning, mastery, and community. Yeah. I would just add some like real tangible things you can do, you know, letting them know about the transitions. If you have a class reward system, class routines, um, and if you can post your schedule so that the students and the sub are all, you know, either it's on the board or kids have a copy of the schedule on their desks, um, something so that it's kind of like Jill said, a collaborative, this is our classroom community. You have, you know, a lot of um, say in what's going to happen today and and then asking even students to write a note to their teacher about what they learned and what they what they accomplished that day. I like that Aaron like comes in hard with the practical. I really appreciate that. <laughs> well, I know teachers. <laughs> they appreciate they appreciate both, I think. Both the Absolutely. Well, you need the practical tools and the philosophical why to do those tools. I love the idea about students writing a note back to their teachers on, on what they learned with the sub. I think that's a really, that, that, that elevates student voice as well as the elevates the importance of the substitute. Um, so we know that our country right now is facing a teacher shortage. How might we nurture current substitutes so that they become full-time teachers? Well, you know, one asking, um, you know, the, one of the things that we've been looking at a lot at Substantial is the sort of the, the truth and the implications of the missing manager for subs. They are this weird kind of role in a school district in which they get hired by HR, usually at the district level, and then they don't have a manager. No one is responsible for they, they sort of, it's the, of their own intrinsic motivation and volition to sign up for the, the gigs they get. No one checks in, generally speaking, at the end of the day to see how it went. No one's asking them for, you know, their why and, and sort of then trying to figure out how to signpost along the way opportunities for becoming a full-time teacher, if that's, well, that's of interest. So I think trying to figure out what motivates people, making connections. We know actually that the most successful sort of sub structure is one where you have building subs, the stip subs, the idea that there is a sub who's 
there and part of that school community, gets to know the kids, knows the classrooms, knows the classroom teachers. Um, you asked about, you know, uh, if you were in the classroom next door to a classroom with a sub, like poking your head in and saying, hey, do you want to come out to recess with me if you're at the elementary school level or like, hey, you know, do you know, are you all set in terms of lunch? You know, like, do you know, did someone show you where the bathrooms were? I, I know they sound really sort of poignant, but like these basic human things are really um, can make just such a huge difference. Yeah. And it's those are things that might feel obvious to us sitting back right now, but when you're a teacher, you're trying to get, you're trying to organize all of these things and get things ready. And sometimes it's hard to remember that taking just that moment to say, "Hey, you know, I miss so and so. If you need anything, let me know." Or here's the bathrooms can make a huge difference to a sub who's walked into this environment and you know doesn't know anybody and is new to to everything. And I think in terms of your question for how to help um, build the pipeline subs to teachers, I think asking the question. There are so many great grow your own programs kind of popping up all over the country right now. Subs need to be a part of that pipeline. You know, so often you hear about the para to to teacher pipeline. Subs are, you know, if 30% of subs are self-reporting as aspiring teachers, like that's a huge chunk. And if we can somehow, you know, ask them the question, help them define that path. When I talk to subs who are aspiring teachers, a lot of their questions are very technical, like how can I continue to work while I'm I'm doing my sc- my schooling? You know, what do I need to do to apply to a program that's going to you know meet these needs? Um, how, you know, what tests do I have to pass? Like it's they're very technical questions, but those are things that schools and school districts have the capacity to answer. You know, it's just asking the question and kind of setting up that infrastructure so that they can get onto those grow your own paths. Thank you. That's really, really important on both on a, on a school level and on a whole nationwide level, a policy level. You were talking about, I'm just picturing the experience of a new substitute teacher in, in a building and, and perhaps not being greeted by other teachers. And that's not only a sub issue, that's a school culture issue. And, and as, as you all know, many years ago, uh, the phrase was coined, egg crate profession to to describe the teaching profession, right? I'm in my room, in my little section, you're in yours, don't bother me, I won't bother you. That's kind of the unwritten code in, that unfortunately still exists in many, many schools. And one of the areas we focus on at Inspired Teaching in our professional learning for teachers, and when we say teachers, we mean every adult who engages with young people, that certainly encompasses substitutes as well. Uh, an area we focus on is relationship building and school connectedness. And Jill, you asked me after a recent issue of Hooray for Monday to talk about school, about professional learning for substitutes. And certainly our focus, I think, would be really to start with relationship building, because if I'm a brand new substitute teacher in in an established group of young people, and I show up with all of the assumptions that are probably in place about, oh, gosh, we have a sub, which either means we can get out of work or, oh, no, it's going to be a boring day or whatever not so positive assumption that is probably on the students' minds, I have a real opportunity and a real need as the substitute to build relationships very quickly, to approach the students with curiosity, to offer them opportunities to teach me about their community, to offer my expertise and knowledge and and, and information. And so certainly a focus on relationship building would be at the core of any kind of professional development for substitutes. 
but I want to ask the two of you, what would you like to see if you, if you could design a program of professional development for substitutes, what should be in it? We have developed, a, we have something called SubSchool, which is a whole curriculum that's both self-paced uh, courses, and I'm going to have Erin, but then also we do these professional learning communities, which are, in fact, opportunities for subs to build relationships with one another. Um, but Erin, can you describe a little how SubSchool works? Yeah, so we, um, SubSchool is, we've, we've built a set of competencies that we think really make a difference for building those three things, um, meaning, mastery, and community as a sub. And those are kind of understanding the role of the sub, how you fit into a school community, um, classroom management, and facilitating instruction. And so we've built a set of 10 courses that are built to kind of help subs to, you know, meet those three competent competencies in those areas. We have a welcome to substitute teaching course. We have a series of classroom management courses, um, a series of uh, facilitating instruction courses. We have a trauma course, and then we're, you know, very soon going to publish a course on supporting students with disabilities, you know, and all of these courses are I think another thing that's really, really important about them is that they are job specific. They are written speaking to subs and they are written from the perspective of substitute teachers. So they are telling them, this is what you need to know for this position. There's tons of resources in there. There are tons of ideas that, I mean, frankly, when I first did some of the classes and I'm coming off of many years in the classroom working at district level, I learned a ton. You know, there were things that as a um, I wish I would have seen some of those things as a beginning teacher, you know, or even a seasoned teacher. There was a lot of great reinforcement and reminders. And those are all self-paced. So subs can do those on their own time. They can build it into their schedule. They can take as long as they need because there's a lot of interactive parts. And some subs, you know, especially new subs, want to take more time with that content so that they can really understand it. Um, and then I think the other thing that is really powerful for subs are the professional learning communities where they can talk to other people who are having similar experiences. Many times we take a lot of the content from the sub school courses and we kind of flush it out. And then we always work on scenarios, you know, real life scenarios of subs. And then we have a protocol of questions to kind of go through an um, analysis before we go through the evaluation. And subs really, really appreciate that because we're taking all of this content and we're applying it. They are learning from, from other subs. They bring up so often, you know, it's so nice to hear that I'm not alone in this. Um, it's so nice to get ideas from other subs who are doing the same thing that I'm doing. You know, things that I think you resonate with teacher professional learning communities that are that are high functioning. The same thing for the, the sub PLCs. I think they also just really appreciate it being job specific. To that point, and I do think, because I, I think what, what has sort of been a learning for us is exactly to this point, like, right, like the pandemic laid bare, right? That content delivery is one thing, actually like managing like a relationship with a student and then managing the relationships among the students that's like that's next level like complicated complex intense human management like right this is that's 
a body of work that is very specific to being a classroom teacher. We can get into the thing, a long-term sub, it's a little bit like, you know, jumbo shrimp. A long-term sub is a teacher. Like this is, that's absurd that we even have this kind you know, this sort of terminology. But for short-term subs, the relationship building is really quite job specific. It's in some ways more like being a flight attendant than a classroom teacher, right? Because you're, you're building rapport, you're like giving essential information, you're supporting the experience of the humans, you're keeping them safe. But you know, it's you're not you don't have the leverage of a long term relationship or the promise of a long term relationship. And, and I mean, kids, above all, my experience of working with kids in all sorts of different capacities, is that they value authenticity. And so coming in pretending that I'm your new best friend, or thinking somehow that a classroom teacher who hasn't been able to teach this group of kids how to read full time for the last previous month, that somehow in one day you're going to come in and do it. Like, you know, it's right sizing expectations and interactions, and and be, I think and and really bringing a high degree of authenticity to the experience um, is valued coming and going. Absolutely, I really appreciate that you're raising authenticity and indeed, yeah. right? You're not you're not the savior, but nor right. are you the babysitter, right? right. So. Right, right. That's an appropriate expectation. That, that's right. fantastic. Right. So I want to ask, we, we've been talking a little bit about just in the past few minutes about school connectedness, and I want to ask about it explicitly, as as I'm sure you you are both aware, the CDC report that, that is highlighting the mental health crisis that young people are facing pulled out one hopeful stat, thank goodness, amidst all of the despair that and an antidote to the mental health crisis is school connectedness is for students in schools to feel that somebody knows me somebody cares about me somebody notices if i'm here or not connects with me in a meaningful way that includes a sense of being cared for and being supported and belonging at school the report found that 40% of students are not experiencing connectedness in their schools how do you see the current substitute situation the issues you're working with either helping or hindering school connectedness? And and how can we address school connectedness or can we by being more intentional and thoughtful about how we support substitute teachers? I would just start with just reiterating some of the other things that we've talked about that creating a climate of inclusivity for all school staff that includes everybody, the students and all of the stakeholders in a school, including subs, can really... um, it can be really be transformational for everyone. Having building subs that return every day, even if they're in different classrooms, they are getting to know the staff, they're getting to know the students. Um, I do a PLC with some building subs and some of the stories of how students really saw those building subs as their person because they weren't their classroom teacher, but they were somebody that it was a familiar face and it was someone that, you know, for whatever reason, they felt like they could share things that were really heavy or were really um, weighing on them and, you know, building subs saying, what do I do? You know, the kids are coming to find me in their recess time, or they're coming to find me in their downtime. And it's, you know, sometimes I'm overwhelmed, like I'm exhausted after school because I've become this person again, like other ways to create community, having those PLCs for them, having that job specific PD, you know, all of those same things, I think, really are going to help not just the sub to feel more connected, but also, you know, improve that whole school climate that creates, you know, just an interconnectedness between everyone. 
I would just say that I actually think this issue of connectedness is perhaps the strongest argument in favor of making professional development available to subs full stop, right? You look at other other countries, other cultures, the substitute teachers that they hire are sometimes the most senior, the most experienced teachers. Because if if you're in a classroom and for a kid, their teacher is their person who is their rock, who is their, their point of consistency in a day that can be kind of overwhelming. When that person is gone, it creates a, a sort of sense of disequilibrium for those kids that really you want the most trained, the most supported person coming in to fill that gap, that who can read the signs for a kid who's in, uh, who's experiencing a lot of stress or a sort of, you know. And so for me, it is understanding uh, the power of connection, that the, the having the tools in a short-term way to build a sense of inclusion and safety and curiosity and inquiry and all the things that are possible, you need a well-trained, well-supported human. And historically, that has not been how the United States has treated its subs. Or its teachers, right? Or its teachers. I would, yeah. I would that's, that's the work that we are all doing to change. Absolutely. Yeah. That's such an important point. So maybe this maybe this speaks to it, but what you've both been engaged working and working with substitute teachers for a while now. Is there anything that surprised you in your work in this space? I um, was just surprised by how appreciative and hungry and excited the subs were to meet other subs. Even in the very beginning, when I was doing running some tests at, at Stanford to sort of figure out what might work, we brought all these subs together. And they were like, I never get to talk to other subs. This is so exciting. Like, I just, I didn't, I mean, I don't know why I didn't anticipate that. I think I thought they'd want to connect more with full-time teachers or other people in the building, but they, the, there was a, a genuine enthusiasm for connecting with other people who are having a same, the similar experience. I just think there is a lot of really interesting people in, in subbing, really talented and committed I mean, because I meet so many people who are retired from other work, who are aspiring teachers, who are parents, who like this works really well with their schedule because they can be there before and after school and it's flexible. Um, People who are artists and, you know, need kind of a job on the side. I met a geologist. I met a rocket scientist, you know, (laughs) like between jobs and really wanted to give back to his community and thought working at a high school was a great way to do it. Like, I just didn't expect, I think, to meet people from so many walks of life with so many you know, really, really interesting stories. And they can bring a lot to that work, you know? That that makes me think too, there's also this whole phenomenon of celebrity subs, like the Lin-Manuel Miranda's and the, all the every football player, you can't like, it's astounding how many football players seem to sub. But then the other thing, and I bet even people who are listening to this, it's amazing how many like educational leaders, like union leaders, principals, superintendents, would never mention it. But then when you start talking, they're like, oh yeah, I started as a sub. Like it's yeah. very interesting what how much of a pathway it is for so many educational leaders. And somehow, and then the second sentence is, yeah, but I was a different kind of sub. I'm like, mm. so I, I just would flag that as a we you we are everywhere. <laughs> so what what gives you both hope in doing this work? Well, the fact that you were willing to interview us is really always <laughs> No, I mean, 
We are in a resilient mammal. And I, I, I do believe, I've been working in schools for a long time. And uh, I, as someone who's constantly, like at first I was working on recess and now substitute teaching. I, I mean, like, you know, there are these areas that I think these levers that I think, as I said in the very beginning at the outset, right, that can have an outsized impact on school climate. And I am constantly pleased by people when I bring up working on substantial, they'll say, wow, that's so wild. I've never really thought about that, but that makes so much sense. I should definitely, like, I could do something, you know, and like, there's a willingness and, and it sparks a curiosity and there is, a, it, it just makes sense in a way that people I think people are basically there's a there's a generosity and a desire to make things better. And I think that fixing this part of the system is going to have an outsized benefit for everyone involved and that ultimately enlightened self-interest is a wonderful tool that I am happy to leverage. Yeah, I would echo about all of that. There's a lot of hope, I think, because there's a lot of humanity in substitutes in bringing life to the system that, you know, needs some shifts and needs some renewal. So I think um, that brings me hope. Links to the resources are in the written version of Hooray for Monday, as well as the notes for this episode. What we're curious about. Each week, a member of the Inspired Teaching community shares something that's piquing their curiosity. Maybe it will spark yours too. This week, we're hearing from our guests who are sharing the things that are piquing their curiosity. Here are Jill and Erin. The thing I'm curious about right now is very self-absorbed, and I'm just going to share. I've been reading this book called um, Strength to Strength, and it's about how, you know, in our careers, that there's this early sort of um, intelligence that we bring to bear in working in, on challenges and issues that's a sort of a fluid intelligence and that that rises and then not not that deep into our careers that tends to start to fall away and humans who um, over time according to this author who are the happiest are ones who jump from this sort of experience of fluid intelligence to a more crystallized uh, intelligence which is really bringing our experience to bear and, and then lending that. I'm very much in the process of trying to jump from the first curve to the second curve. And I'm wondering about how I'm gonna land and it, how that's gonna play out and how I might best work in this system to bring what I have to offer to bear in support of others. That's the thing I'm curious is like, how do I do that gracefully and that without losing faith along the way? I, I just recently moved to New Orleans and I got to go to Jazz Fest last weekend and talk about culture and community and it just made me, I just went on a dig for like historical fiction so that I can learn more about my new, where I live, you know, why, I mean, jazz is so good and so there's so many roots here and it has so much to do with people's stories of life and I just want to know more about it. And that along paired with the food, you know, everybody's having um, crawfish boils right now. Like we were going to like our third one this weekend. And it's, you know, you all sit around a table with that's covered in plastic with crawfish and you tear them apart and you suck out the guts and, and you're all just sitting and chatting and there's kids and there's um, grandparents. And again, there's just, I'm just very curious about all of it. Resources. 
One way we can help to welcome substitute teachers into our classrooms is to have our students take a leadership role in helping to acclimate them to the classroom culture. Think about how you could prepare your students to show this newcomer the ropes with activities like these. Warming up with mutual respect. This series of warm-up activities activates the mind and body, but it also offers the opportunity for students to feel seen and heard right as class begins. Consider naming a student to lead these warm-ups when a sub comes to class. Scribe's record. In this activity at the end of each class period, you ask students to select three things they have learned or done or ideas they have investigated that they want to remember from that day. In the case of elementary school, you can do this at the end of an entire day. This is a valuable activity for students to learn and a way for them to lead and carry forward even when a sub is in the classroom. Emotion continuum. An emotion continuum lives in your classroom all year long and serves as a way for students to share how they are feeling. Put a student in charge of explaining this feature of the room when a sub comes to class. You might even create a clothespin so visitors can participate. Professional learning. Join us online for our June Institute, The Power of Reflection, Looking for Wide-Ranging Evidence of Learning. It takes place online Monday, June 5th at 3.45 p.m. Eastern and Wednesday, June 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Though summer beckons and with it the space to breathe and think of something other than instruction, June is an excellent time to reflect on the year gone by so you can be better prepared for the fall. Your memory of the lessons learned is still fresh. This institute takes a unique approach to that reflection by asking the question, how did I know my students were learning? And what other evidence might I have collected? Together, we will celebrate what you and your students accomplished over these many months. And as you elevate your assessment approaches, we will introduce you to some additional strategies for the future. Register at the link in our show notes. Youth programs. Applications for real world history are open for school year 23-24. All DCPS, charter and independent high school students are invited to apply for this innovative year-long honors level after school course. More information and application links are in the written version. Hooray for Monday is an award-winning weekly publication of Center for Inspired Teaching, an independent nonprofit organization that invests in and supports teachers. Inspired Teaching provides transformative, improvisation-based professional learning for teachers that is 100% engaging intellectually, emotionally, and physically. Our mission is to create radical change in the school experience away from compliance and toward authentic engagement. Thanks for listening.